The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, August 22, 2021, on the basis of John 6, verses 51 through 69. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. You are surrounded by a sea of yellow leaves. The wind blows in your hair. The air is light and crisp. You feel the ground crunch beneath your feet as you walk. The trail winds and twists until suddenly it comes to a stop. There in front of you, the path branches off in two different directions. Which way will you go? Two paths diverged in a yellow wood. That's the opening line from Robert Frost's famous poem, The Road Not Taken. In it, the narrator struggles with this choice. What trail is he going to take on his walk? He agonizes over the decision, carefully analyzing each path, until finally he decides he'll take the trail that looks a little less worn, the road that's not traveled. The poem is all about choices. It pokes fun at how seriously we take even the smallest and most insignificant decisions in life. Maybe you're like that, or maybe you know someone who's like that. You open the closet in the morning, and you just cannot decide what you want to wear today. You go to the restaurant, and you look over the menu, and you just cannot decide what to order. It's an agonizing process that happens each and every time. Somehow, we manage to make the most insignificant and smallest choices seem as if they'll make all the difference. But there is something deeply serious about making a choice. When you choose one thing, you're choosing to say no to everything else. When you order the burger, you can't also eat the quesadilla, the burrito, and the pasta. When you wear outfit, one outfit, you can't also wear another outfit at the same time. When you choose to go left, you can't also go right. In his words today in the gospel, Jesus presents a choice to you. He says, will you follow me or will you go after your own desires? We might think, can't we have both? Can't I follow Jesus but also have what I want? In his words today, he makes it clear. You have to choose. Will you eat the bread of life or will you eat the bread of this world? For the crowd, the choice to follow Jesus was easy at first. They had just seen him feed thousands with five barley loaves and two small fish. They had dreams of making him their Messiah, their bread king, their provider of all their earthly breads and desires. But Jesus wanted to shift their attention from earthly bread to heavenly bread. He said he was the bread of life that had come down from heaven he pointed ahead to his coming suffering and death on the cross. If they would just believe in him, they could have life. But his listeners struggled with this statement. They questioned how Jesus could even provide this promise. But Jesus doesn't say what we might expect. He doesn't ease up, as we might think. We might think that Jesus would say, it's okay if you're struggling with this. You can choose both me and your earthly desires. Just keep an open mind to what I'm saying. You can follow me and go after the cravings of your heart. 
But instead, Jesus presents a choice. He says, Very truly I say to you, unless you eat the bread, the flesh of the Son of Man, or drink, and drink his blood, you do not have life in you. Your ancestors ate manna, and they died. But whoever eats this bread will live forever. With these words, Jesus was presenting eternal life to them. Just as when you eat a meal, you become nourished and strengthened, Jesus was offering them nourishment in him. If they would believe in him, they could have the gift of life. And he offers this to you as well. Eat this bread and live. But with these words, he also presents a choice to you. Will you follow after your own cravings, or will you follow after Jesus? What is it that your heart craves? Is it money? No, you're not greedy or money-hungry. You don't need shiny cars or expensive clothes, but you just want to have enough, to be comfortable, to be financially secure, to pay off the car or the house, to be able to send the kids to school. Then you would be satisfied. That would be enough for you. Or does your heart crave achievement? Every morning you wake up feeling the need to do, to work, to prove yourself. And when you don't feel that sense of improvement, you feel like you've wasted your time, like you've let yourself and others down. So you keep working harder and harder because then you'll be satisfied. Or does your heart long for significance? The feeling of being appreciated, respected, looked up to. You don't need to be famous or the most popular person, but wouldn't it be enough just to get a compliment from that one person, a recognition from the company, just some sort of appreciation? That would be enough for you. Or does your heart long for the love of people, for the love of a significant other, for the tightness of family, the close bond of a friend? That's where you feel connected. That's where you feel alive. Whatever the cravings of your heart are, the road splits in front of you. There stands Jesus, and there stands the desires of your heart. You cannot go both ways. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't chase your earthly cravings and the kingdom of God. You can't eat the bread of life and the bread of this world. So choose. Which path will you take? For the crowd, these words were hard to hear. They grumbled. They said, how can anyone say these hard things? But Jesus, again, did not pull back. He doubled down and he said, the spirit gives life. The flesh accounts for nothing. My words are full of spirit and life. With these words, Jesus made it clear that he was the only source of life. He was divine. God was the only one who could give life. With these words, Jesus made it clear that they could only choose one. And God was the only source of life for them. It's a harder choice than we might think, though. For the crowds, they began to walk away from Jesus. They began to turn away and walk away from him. And that crowd of thousands of people dwindled down to just 12. 
Jesus turned to his disciples and he said, are you going to go away too? Do you want to leave too? Peter turned to Jesus and boldly said, no, where else could we go? Who else has the words of eternal life? The words of spirit and life had convinced Peter that Jesus was his king, that Jesus was the bread of life, the only source of life. Think about your own choices. Here we have two examples, the crowd that walked away and Peter who confessed his faith. Which one describes you better? You might say, yes, like Peter, I choose Jesus. But the choice that Jesus is presenting you with isn't that simple. It's not a one and done deal. The choice to Jesus happens all the time and it's harder than you might think. Yes, you love Jesus more than money, but what happens when buying a new phone or achieving financial security means not giving as generously to church as God asks? Yes, you love Jesus more than works, than, than your work, but what happens when push comes to shove and you have to choose? Do you care more about where you stand in the eyes of this world or where you stand in the eyes of God? Yes, you love Jesus more than your friends, but what happens when your social life fills up your weekend and you have to choose? Will you spend time in the Word of God? And as you reflect on the paths that you've walked, you can't help but realize that you've often chosen your own desires over the bread of life. We aren't worthy to even eat or approach this heavenly bread. But this heavenly bread is different from any other bread that this world can offer. It doesn't depend on you or your choices. It doesn't ask you for a 60-hour work week to impress you with your resume. He doesn't ask you to be loved by other people. The only choice that is made is God's choice to give you his gifts of grace. Jesus takes, for, takes the matter of salvation out of your hands and into his. The question isn't what will you choose, but what will God do? He sent Jesus, his only son, the bread of life to earth, to die on the cross, not because of any craving or desire that you had, but because of his great love for you. And this is a love and a bread that changes you. It changes everything. It gives you new appetites and new cravings, not to go after your own desires, but after his to hear his word, to serve him, and to do his will. It opens your eyes to see that nothing in this world can compare with what he has to offer. Money has no value beyond this life. You can't take it with you. Friends and people come and go. They let us down. The highs that achievements and awards bring quickly go away. But Jesus gives you something permanent, something that lasts forever. He leaves you with the promise. He says, even though you will die someday, I'll raise you up on the last day. I'll let you live forever. I'll give you this bread to satisfy you, not just for a day, but for tomorrow and forever. And because he lives, you too will live. So the question is, where else could we go?
Who else can give you bread like that? Amen.